This is 5-Minute Friday, the history of data science, part 5. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast, everybody. Super excited to have you back here on the show. In today's episode, we're going to wrap up the history of data science. And if you remember from the previous four episodes of this mini-series, we've already spoken about the history of data science uh, before the year 2000, then between, t- between 2000 to 2010, 2010 to 2015, and 2015 to 2020. So we've covered up all of the history of data science. Technically, what is left to talk about? Well, today we're going to talk about the future of data science, the future of this industry, of this, uh, in fact, the whole world that we're moving into because data is becoming more and more ubiquitous. And what we're going to do is, it's of course hard to talk about the future because it hasn't happened yet. Uh, there's, a, there's an interesting interpretation of that, that uh, we cannot remember the future because uh, entropy never decreases. Our universe is just such that entropy either stays the same in a closed system or it continuously grows. Um, and that is uh, the reason or that asymmetrical feature of entropy is the reason behind why we can't remember the future. It's a really cool movie about it. It's called uh, Mr. Nobody with Jared Leto. Highly, highly recommend checking it out if you haven't. <laughs> anyway, so we haven't, uh, we can't talk about the future because we can't remember it, but we can hypothesize and pre- uh, make some predictions about the future. And, and what we're going to do for this episode is we're going to talk about, look at the predictions by some or specifically five of uh, the most influential people in the space of artificial intelligence, technology, and data science, and see what they have to say. So let's have a quick look at that. The first person we're going to talk about is a famous futurist named Ray Kurzweil. If you haven't heard of Ray Kurzweil, let's qu- let's do a quick um, sidestep into the background of Ray Kurzweil. So Ray Kurzweil, um, he was an inventor, a futurist. He actually invented the first synthesizer uh, that accurately replicates real musical instruments. So his was the first synthesizer where real piano experts couldn't detect the difference between a sound played on a synthesizer and a sound played on a real piano. And in addition to that, he makes a lot of interesting predictions about the future. And back in around 1999 and 2000, he predicted, he made... Uh, in his whole life, he, in, his whole, in his whole career as a futurist, he's made about 108 predictions and 89 of them have come true. And that is about 82% accuracy rate. And he's predicted things. And this is back in the 2000s, early like 1999 to 2000, he predicted things that like the cloud, cloud computing, cloud storage, Google Glass, portable computers, wireless internet, Fitbits and other embedded computers, and many more things that we use today, he's been able to predict. So, uh, definitely he's got a lot of credibility around the space. And so what uh, Ray believes is that he believes that by 2029, we will have developed artificial intelligence as smart as humans. That's nine years away from now. And that prediction, uh, based on his track record, has an 82% accuracy. So you can say that with about 80% accuracy, we can believe that by 2029, AI will be as smart as humans. Uh, quite a long shot, but let's see how we go. That's such such as the nature of exponential technologies. It's really hard for humans to predict uh, with our linear thinking into the future. You really need to like apply different prediction methods, and this is one of the results that uh, Ray is uh, looking towards. Twenty twenty nine is when we'll have AI as smart as humans. 
And from there, the rate of technological progress will accelerate even further and AI will continue improving itself. And that means that we'll get to technological singularity or uh, it's also described as the moment when the rate of scientific progress will be so fast that it appears instantaneous to humans. Like we'll, uh, some people say we'll have Nobel, Nobel Prize level discoveries happening every second, every not even every day, every second. So according to Ray, that'll happen somewhere around the year 2045. Um, that's, uh, that's the outlook for from Ray Kurzweil. Let's look at another person now, Bill Gates. Everybody knows Bill Gates, founder of Microsoft, a huge philanthropist. Uh, well, he believes that AI will create huge leaps in productivity. And he's very optimistic about what is the, what are the consequences of artificial intelligence advancing so fast. Well, he's saying that people who will be displaced from the current uh, roles will be able to fill other very important uh, roles in society, such as elder care, teaching, support for, for those with special need uh, needs, and uh, overall, his view is that a rise in productivity brings a rise in prosperity for everybody. Uh, because we will need uh, to work less, we can spend more time learning and developing and bringing further opportunities and continuing the cycle of growth. On the other hand, we've got another uh, influential person in the space, Yuval Noah Harari. You may know him from his book, Sapiens, uh, or his second book, Homo Deus. And now he's got a third book, which I highly recommend reading. Um, Mitya and I, uh, we were, and we were traveling to Yosemite. We listened to, to it in the car. It's got a great audiobook version. It's called 21 lessons for the 21st century. And he actually has a less optimistic view. He says that he warns that, uh, re-educating people into new fields isn't as easy as it's sometimes made out to be. Uh, for instance, a customer a service agent can probably be retrained to program customer support AI, but what about the millions of manual laborers in underdeveloped nations? Will rapid automation of almost every imaginable job turn all or at least a large majority of us into uh, a useless, jobless, aimless, and ultimately powerless mob? If machines can do everything better than humans, what is the point? What what is the point of working? What is there a point of working at all? And if the power to control all these powerful machines is concentrated in a small group of people, won't those people become uh, dictators against? whom any revolution is virtually impossible. Um, in his book, he actually talks a lot, not a lot, but uh, he warns about the danger of sovereign, um, of <laughs> not sovereign, of dictator states that uh, now with technology, they're able to process all the data and we're, we could be heading or in some uh, place in the world, uh, a dystopian future like what was portrayed by um, George Orwell in 1984 um, can actually be now uh, possible, uh, something that could actually happen. So there you have two different opinions on this, one from Bill Gates, one from Yuval Noah Harari. And uh, here's another one from Dr. Ben Gertzel. I listened to a podcast, or Adlan and I actually listened to a podcast with him almost a year ago. Fantastic podcast, highly recommend. He was on the London Real Show and he, who's Dr. Ben Gersel? He's the founder and CEO of Singularity Net and chief science advisor for Hanson Robotics. So uh, Dr. Ben Gersel actually refuses to take sides on this discussion. He argues that the future after the technological singularity is a period of irreducible uncertainty. Uh, when superintelligence is free to grow, change, and develop, it will surpass our ability to comprehend it. Like, we cannot predict 
what will happen in the age of super intelligence in, in uh, or super artificial intelligence or general artificial intelligence if it's something that surpasses us in intelligence we cannot predict how it will behave or what it will do and how uh, what kind of um, future what the future will look like so whatever we try whatever predictions we try to make I love this phrase there's an irreducible uncertainty around what will happen with our level of intellect with our level of understanding of the world there is just no way we can reduce that uncertainty. So we just have to wait and see. Uh, and on the other hand, there's no way of stopping technological progress. If one country bans it, or even if a group of countries ban, ban them, ban <laughs> technological progress, the rest of the countries are going to go ahead. So it's just not going to happen. So we just have to wait and see. And uh, there's no point in making predictions because you know, we just there's that uncertainty that's irreducible. And also, Dr. Ben Gersel believes that AI is dangerous, but he emphasizes the point that the value uh, system or mind state of the initial superintelligence will be influenced by the values of earlier AI and, in essence, the values that we are putting into artificial intelligence. Um, he talks that right now, what are the most important purposes that we use artificial intelligence for? They're selling, gambling, spying, and killing. That's pretty much all we're using artificial intelligence, selling in terms of marketing, A-B testing, putting ads in places, um, gambling, it's used in um, used uh, on exchanges, on the st stock exchange, on the foreign exchange, uh, it's used to make profits, uh, spying uh, with surveillance systems, killing with drones and robotics and so on. So that's all we're using artificial intelligence for. And if we give that uh, that example to a general AI that we create, that's exactly what it's going to learn. That's exactly what it's going to focus on, it's going to do. It'll see that those are our morals, and if our morals are low, then AI will have low morals. Uh, what he would like to see, he's, he would like to see a shift in the world towards more worthy causes like education, childcare, scientific research, and government support. And hopefully such renewed focus on developing a more, a more moral and ethical artificial intelligence will smooth the transition period and lead superintelligence towards being a benevolent force that works in cooperation with humanity, not against humanity. Um, and the promises of such an AI are actually incredible. Rapid development in all aspects and life without pain or scarcity where humans can either connect into a global mind matrix or remain individual, each according to their own desire. So that is a future where basically Ben is saying, don't try to look into the future and predict what will happen. Focus on now and use AI, data science, for benevolent things now in order for the artificial intelligence that's coming to learn good from us, to learn to show us, to, for us to show it that we're leading by example. And so what role does data science play in all of this? Well, a few days ago, I interviewed DJ Patel, who is uh, the person behind the term data scientist, who coined the term data scientist, and who has had massive influence on the industry. By the way, this podcast will come out live in three weeks, so highly recommend checking out. I was very inspired talking to DJ. And one thing that he mentioned is that it would be a shame to have a data science career that just benefits uh, the data scientists themselves, right? Like if you're doing data science for the purpose of having a massive salary or for, um, you know, like just progressing in the career ladder and um, not even considering the impact it has on the world. That would be a shame. That would be a waste of a career. So he says, really consider what you're doing data science for. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time just on selfish reasons, but 
Think of what impact can you have? What impact does your work have? What cause are you supporting? What are the ethics behind this? Uh, we even went into uh, talking about topics such as what are the questions you should you should ask when you come to an interview? And you should one of the things you should bring up is how ethical is your organization? How do you make sure that data science is used in an ethical manner? Uh, how what kind of um, safeguard mechanisms does your organization have to prevent any bias or uh, racism or exclusions in in the space of data science? How how do you make sure that it is an ethical application of these technologies? Um, and so it's up to us as data scientists to make sure we're not using data science just for selling, gambling, spy, and killing, but we're actually using it to build a better world and that we are leading by example. And if we do create general artificial intelligence, we will see that technology is generally used in uh, for benevolent reasons, for good of humanity, good of the world. And that's the best we can do at this stage. So... There we go. That's five opinions on the future of data science, on the future of the world, of technology, of artificial intelligence. And uh, pick your pick your best uh, influencer. Pick whom you agree with the most. We talked about uh, Ray Kurzweil, Bill Gates, Yuval Noah Harari, uh, Dr. Ben Gertzel, and um, of course, DG Patel, Dr. DJ Patel as well. So there you go. Hope you enjoyed this episode and you enjoyed our mini-series on uh, data science, the history of data science and now the future of data science as well. Look out for that episode with DJ Patel. I think it's going to be a blast. You're going to love it. And make sure, and as a, I guess as a summary is, make sure that you know what you're doing data science for. What is the impact and what are the ethical considerations behind the things that you are creating, the technologies that you're empowering. And on that note, I look forward to seeing you back here next time. Until then, happy analyzing. <laughs>